It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Lots going on in the NFL. It never stops. It's a 365 day a year type situation. Never ends when it comes to the NFL, and that's why we love it. There is uh, a lot of moving and shaking as far as the rosters go, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. We talked on uh, on yesterday's show about the Giants and that they were going to start shedding some salaries and trading some players away. Well, they started part of it. They started shedding some salaries already. Tight end Kyle Rudolph, he was released this morning by the G-Men. And then later on this afternoon, they released Devontae Booker. So uh, the Giants had signed Rudolph to a two-year $12 million in 2021. This move is basically saving about $5 million in cap space. They got to eat $2.4 million in dead money. But they're going to save about $5 million in cap space. And then they're going to eat a million in dead money with the release of uh, Devontae Booker. But then they're going to create $2 million in cap space. So they were about 12 or 13 million uh, over the cap. The big fish that's going to drop is going to be Saquon Barkley. I don't see him suiting up for the Giants next year. I don't know where he's going to play. Uh, Patricia Trainer, who who hosts Locked On Giants, she kind of put out a thing. Hey, any team out there that needs a running back that wants to wants to trade for Saquon Barkley, send me your trade proposals. And I thought about it and said, Raiders don't need Barkley. I think they need another running back to be a compliment, but they don't need Barkley. You know what my worst nightmare would be if what? the Chiefs somehow get him. That, this is they like don't use one, running backs. But this would be one of the – if they did get him, though, that's the running back you can make some accommodations for. He's also a good receiver. He'd be the one that, like, oh, they could make some work with him. They, I'm just thinking they, of, they could, but I don't think they'd be able to fit him under their salary. I don't know. That That's that's a – maybe they could fit him. That'd he's just one of those players where it's just like an Odell Beckham where it's just like he's not going to be going to like a Jacksonville or something. Right, right. He's going to be going to a team where whoever he goes to, you're going to be mad that they got him. Right. No, that's, 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 a, that's a good point. That – that happened and not necessarily with KC but some team like that you know maybe who knows maybe the Rams find a way to get them right I mean they already have a, a, a plethora of riches right why not go ahead and add to him another running back but I, I just think with Saquon Barkley he's going to end up I, I don't know I don't even really see honestly a team trading for him because I think it's been proven so many times that you don't need to have that guy and I'm not disrespecting him because I think he's a hell of a running back but with his injury history I think a team will just say you know what we'll wait for them to release him if, if that happens if not Y'all figure out that cap space, not us. Well, I think – ain't no way you release a guy like this. I know it's just like, oh, running backs aren't as valuable as they used to be. But you can't let a guy like this walk. Are the Giants winning right now with them? Not at all. Exactly. That's what you got to think about. Are they winning with them? No. So are they going to win without them? No. But, but you wouldn't want to get nothing in return? No, you know, I, I would. But if you're another team out there, are you one Saquon Barkley away from winning? That's what you got to think about. Like, I, like, I've been saying that the Raiders should go trade for Devontae Adams. That, to me, would put them over the top where they're no doubt about it, a playoff team. Can you tell me that there's a team that's on the edge that Saquon Barkley is going to do that same thing for him? Will Saquon Barkley do the same thing for another team as Devontae Adams would do for the Raiders? No, I can't think. I can't think. I like, think the only thing that would happen would be a team, like you said, KC, the Rams, the Bills, a team that's already really good, say, hey, we could be a lot better. Let's add it. You know what I mean? But it's already a really good team. I don't think he's going to make a team that's kind of hovering on the edge, be that much better, in my opinion. But that's Oh, just yeah, me. I don't think I don't think any running back, unless it's Derrick Henry, is going to make anybody say, like, man, they really got that extra piece. Right. But I, like I said, right. man, like whoever gets him, if he were to get traded or released, right. whoever picks him up, you're going to be like, dang, man, how they get him? <laughs> right, right. I can see that. I can see that 100%. I, I would be interested to see how he'd work in a, in a place like Arizona with the Cardinals. That'd be interesting. Because, you know, they had, uh, what's his name, last year, um... Oh, man, you know who I'm talking about. The dude who used to be the Steeler. Oh, man. You, you, 
I hate that I forget his name. You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about, too. Yeah, right? yeah, both yeah. Him, right? he, he said it's like he went to college. He, be, yeah. he, you know, overcame cancer and everything. You know, he was a good. He was here. He was here in Las Vegas for the Pro Bowl not too long ago. Uh, this this past you know last month or right right before the Super Bowl. Oh man, I hate that I forgot his name. But you know what I'm talking about. They had they had him and and I mean they did some things. Obviously they had Kenyon Drake who the Raiders uh, had last season. Man, uh, that that would be a I think that'd be a really good fit. That'd be interesting. Have a dynamic of uh, Kyler Murray and Saquon Barkley and have the wide receivers that they have. James Conner. Yes, thank you, uh, James Conner. You're the man. So um, I can see them. I can see them making a move for him if they if they're trying to go all in. I can see Seattle making a move for him if they decide to keep uh, Russell Wilson. And I, I do think Russell Wilson's going to stay there in Seattle. But you know because they haven't won since they had a strong running game and a strong defense. They just haven't. I don't care how good Russell Wilson is. He hasn't won the the big one without a strong run game and a strong defense. Just hasn't. Simple as that. Uh, speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, earlier today, both Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime agreed to terms on a contract extension. So now they're going to be with the team through 2027. And that shocked the mess out of a bunch of Arizona Cardinal fans, a bunch of people that cover the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of folks couldn't believe it. There was so much rumblings throughout the season that Cliff Kingsbury is a piss-poor coach, and so many people wanted to get rid of him. And all of a sudden, he goes and does nothing but sign a contract extension through 2027. 27. So uh, now the only shoe to drop in, in Arizona is what they do with Kyler Murray. Pay the man. I mean, they're going to pay him. You know, he's not going anywhere. He's not going to play for another team. Uh, you know, it's funny. We were talking about it at lunch before we uh, came on the air that uh, on our way back, actually. It's like, well, he did have him in the playoffs last year. You can say what you want to say about Kyler Murray. You might not think he's going to be the guy that's going to put your team over the top, but they, they picked number one. You brought this point up. They picked number one a few years ago, and he was the number one overall pick for a reason because they were terrible. And every year he's been in Arizona, they have improved. So I think that they're going to pay him. I don't know what they're going to pay him. I don't think they're going to pay him $45 plus million plus or you know, maybe even not $40 million. And you know, John McClain asked me yesterday, would you pay Kyler Murray $40 million? And my knee-jerk reaction was no. But then the more you think about it, like, well, I mean, the guy's done nothing but win. He's got him there. Now they just got to finish the job. They've been similar to the Raiders. They've been a really good first half of the season team and haven't been able to finish. And I don't mean the team this past year of the Raiders. I'm just talking about previous Raider teams that started out really hot. That's what the Cardinals have done. They've started out really hot to the point where Murray's like in the conversation for MVP, and then all of a sudden they tail off. But I put more of that on Cliff Kingsbury. And the reason I do that is because similar to Brandon, who we had, Brandon Cristal, who we had on in the first hour, he, uh, he grew up in Big 12 country. I started my sports radio in Big 12 country, and I saw a lot of Cliff Kingsbury. And, man, he, is not, he has never been a second half of, of game adjuster. And he's never been a second half of season adjuster either. He just hasn't. He's he's his teams have seemed to to tail off towards the second half of the seasons, and the point where he didn't even get the most out of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, think about that. He had Mahomes as his quarterback, and didn't get the most out of him. He had Baker Mayfield and let him walk, let him leave Texas Tech and head to Oklahoma as a walk on. And also, when it comes to like setting the market for the quarterback price, Jared Goff is making thirty three million. So it's just like the, yeah. we always say that the cap's going up. So yep. if the cap's going up, that means that you have more money to pay players. Right. So he's just looking at it like, hey, man, I know what I'm worth. Deshaun Watson, I think his deal's at 39. Josh Allen's around that $40 million range. I think I think Murray will get anywhere similar to what Derek Carr is going to get, anywhere between 35 to $40 million. I think that's what he'll get. And I think that's fair. That's Like you said, that's the market. Again, it's not based off how great you are. It's about if it's your time to get paid. The only difference is it's not Murray's time to get paid. It's his first time he can try to get a contract extension, but it's not really like Carr. He's in the last year of his deal. He's going into the last year of his deal. He has no guaranteed money. 
contract extension. Murray doesn't. He's still got some time on his contract, so he's just trying to get an extension a little bit early. That's the only difference. But I do think they're around the same range, around 35 to $40 million is what a team's going to have to give Kyler Murray, or should I say the Arizona Cardinals are going to have to give Kyler Murray. Speaking of the Cardinals, let's stick with that theme. Andy Isabella, the wide receiver, I've been talking about him earlier in the show. He has been given permission to seek a trade. Uh, the team that immediately pops to my mind are the Patriots, as uh, Isabella is a guy that is very familiar with that area. And I think Andy Isabella is a guy that could fit in very well with what the Patriots want to do there with Mac Jones. Uh, I would not be surprised that they kind of, uh, you know, had some interest in him. And I know for a fact that the Browns actually thought about trading for Andy Isabella at the deadline last season. And uh, now he has permission to seek a trade. So more than likely Cleveland will probably be interested as well. And who knows what's going on with Jarvis Landry. Obviously they don't have Odell Beckham Jr. anymore. So they probably need another weapon. And I think Andy Isabella, I liked him when he was in college. Think he's a good player. Don't think he's a great player. And if he was a great player, I don't think they would have given him permission to seek out a trade. I think they would say, you know what? We can make it work. And it's funny. I mentioned Christian Kirk, who's also a Cardinal. He was a guy that was a damn good player at Texas A&M. Man, a punt returner, kick returner, wide receiver. He was the dude. Just hasn't been the dude in the NFL with the Cardinals. So uh, a couple guys, he's a, he's going to be a free agent. So I, I'll see him. I think he's going to be on the move. And then uh, who knows what's going to happen with Andy Isabella. See if a team makes a move and tries to trade for him. The numbers just aren't there. There's no production. I don't I see know. maybe like a seventh round pick. That's what I'm saying. I, but I don't see like who would give up anything for him. I, I I don't I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that at all. I'm I'm with you. You know, like I said, if a team just really liked him a lot in the draft and they, oh man, if we ever get a chance to get that guy, we'll make a move for him. I can see that. But again, you're right. You know, hey, we'll give you a seventh round pick for him just so we don't have to you know try to make him clear waivers or anything. Oh no, you don't want that. Fine, cut him. Three years in the league, 31 catches. All right. It's not there. It's not very much. That's going back to that Kevin White type numbers. <laughs> we talked about Kevin White on yesterday's show. My final note for cover three NFL news and notes of the day. And then we'll get to some more Dave Ziegler sound from the, the combine earlier today in Indianapolis. Uh, and this comes from Jamison Hensley, who covers the Ravens like a glove. GM Eric DaCosta is talking at the combine. He said, I think talking about Lamar Jackson and his contract extension. I think it takes two sides to actively put their heads together and get a deal worked out. We are ready to be there for Lamar at any point when he decides that he really wants to work on it. We'll be. So I bring that up because I think that Lamar Jackson is a damn good player. I think he's a really good quarterback. And I think he's going to get paid. And I know someone right now is thinking, okay, but <laughs> the but is I don't think it's a good idea that he represents himself. I think that that's a bad idea. I know when he went into the draft and they said his mom's going to be his representation, it's real easy because all he's doing is signing a, a rookie contract. It's already slotted. It really is not a whole lot you got to do except for read and understand what's going on in your contract. And I, you could convince me of that one. You can get me on board and say, okay, that's fine. I tell you all the time, the wife does all the reading and signing stuff for me, right? I don't do any of that stuff. But I'll tell you what, man, if you're about to sign your next contract, that is your big contract, you're about to really get paid. You might want to have some real representation and not just yourself. And I know that there's guys like Richard Sherman and there's other guys that have been in the league that have done a great job representing themselves. I'm not trying to disrespect anybody, but Lamar Jackson is about to sign a huge or has the potential to sign a huge deal. And you hear what the GM is saying. I think it takes two sides to actively put their heads together and get a deal worked out. We are ready to be there for Lamar at any point when he decides he really wants to work on it. I heard RG3 the other day talking about this situation and scenario on ESPN, and he said, Lamar's not a dude that really cares about money. He, he's not. 
So that's not going to be his focus. But look, the NFL stands for not for long. That ain't got to be your focus, and I respect that. That's why you have an agent. Let that be their focus. Your agent needs to go out there and get you your money. You know what they say? Go ahead and run me my money. That's what they need to do. He needs to hire an agent to let that be their focus. Money ain't got to be your focus. Your focus is being a quarterback, being an NFL player, being the best teammate, whatever you want to say it is. Fine, I'm good with that. But man, let someone take care of your money. Let someone, and I don't mean like you don't have any kind of say over it. I mean your contract. Hand, let someone handle that that knows what they're doing, that can do it. Like I told you yesterday, one of my appointments was where? To go see the tax man. I didn't try to do that myself. You know why? Because I'd have got it wrong. I don't want to be that guy. We don't know his mother's business acumen. We know that he is trying to deal with a multi-million dollar contract. This is going to be a monster deal. And this is the one that is the monster deal. You don't want to go into that with someone who's not necessarily 100% focused on that and getting the most money. And guess what? The agents want to get the most money for you because they want to get that money too. They want to get the most. And look, I know people say, oh, do it yourself. Do it yourself and and keep all the money. No. Uncle Dennis taking care of Kawhi. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is, right? He is, right? Every team in the league hates Uncle Dennis. Including the team that Kawhi's on right now. Ain't no team in the league that likes that dude. I'm telling you, man, if you're in that position, let someone that is a trained professional do that job. I understand and I respect you want to keep it yourself and don't want to get, pay nobody. Look, man, if you're going to make 40-something million and maybe 100-something guaranteed, whatever the case may be, I don't know. How much is Patrick Mahomes making guaranteed? 45, well, no, nah, let me go. I, I can yeah, yeah, quick. go on and Google it. Figure out exactly how much guaranteed he's making on that new contract. I'm not saying Lamar's going to get the same thing, but if you're getting stupid money like that, it's okay to break off an agent a couple mil. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You won't even look at that money. But if somehow you get, have a bad contract because you negotiated. signing, yeah, go ahead. $63 million guaranteed. Exactly. And practically speaking, about $140 million he's going to get guaranteed. So Lee Steinberg got a nice check. He, him, him and his, his agency got a nice check from helping Patrick negotiate that deal. But you know what? It was done correctly. It was done right. He got the maximum amount of dollars that he was trying to get. That's what he needs to do. So I respect everything that Lamar's doing, but on this deal, bruh, have a trained professional do this one. Not your the your rookie deal, fine. Not this one, man. Not this one. Because you'll don't want to be that guy later on and be like, man, I signed my I did my own contract and man, I left a lot of money on the table. And then something happened. And then all of a sudden you're Vince Young and you ain't got no money left. The deal, I don't think they're going to lowball him like that. I don't think they're going to like let him take pennies. So, I, but nah, I don't think he's going to have to worry. I, anybody could be that dumb with their money if you let somebody spend it enough. But I still think he's going to be like getting a hundred million plus. Oh, he's going to get his money. Yeah, but is he going to get what he's supposed to be getting, or is he going to be getting what they offer him? They ain't no dummies. It, look, this ain't no. It ain't like a hey, I'm a hustler and and and, and this business that I'm about to get this money from don't know no better. There ain't no dummies. Well, I don't think that the hustle's that big. It could be like a Kyler Murray situation. Forty million. He probably just walking in like, all right, forty million, make it happen. They like, whoa, whoa, forty million. So just pay him the forty million. Okay. We're talking about an MVP. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's why he needs to get MVP money, and he needs to allow an agent to handle that money. Don't do it himself. We just did it right here. No. Yeah. Pay yeah. Him forty million. No. And we did nothing. We'll do. We did nothing. Forty million, five years. How much guaranteed? 
Let me do the math on that. Give me, give me a second. I mean, what if I say that. no? What if I say no? I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to take that. Then what? How are you going to negotiate that? You just got to keep coming back to the table. <laughs> I don't. I don't mind someone taking care of it themselves, keeping it in the family, family business. Okay. Yeah. Let them handle that. What do they always say about family and business? Yo, his mama wouldn't do him like what that. What do they always say about family? They, she wouldn't. She what wouldn't. is the number one issue? And then we'll take a break. What is the number one issue when a family member dies? What is always the number one fight amongst the family? What is it about? Well, the money. Three twenties a time. When we come back, we'll take your calls and texts. This is unnecessary roughness on Rare Nation Radio nine twenty. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up in a matter of minutes, we have Matt Holder from silverandblackpride.com talking a little bit of NFL draft. We'll talk to Trenches, defensive line and offensive line. That's coming up about 3.30. I want to play you a couple sound bites from Josh McDaniels earlier at the Combine. I know we got a couple calls and a couple texts that I want to get to, so we're going to do that uh, first here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Big Dub Raiders said Q is on the Sam and Ash text line. You've just given all the reasons why Lamar should represent himself. Can't trust family. Can't trust agents either. A lot of agents have been fired for taking bad deals. Go Raiders. That's why you do your research. I'm not saying go hire DeMond or me to be your agent. I'm saying go hire someone that's reputable. That's why there's no more big baller brand. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That part. <laughs> that part. I wouldn't trust that dude with your money, let alone mine. Fargo Raider said, Q and DeMond, Fargo Raider here. How did Britney Spears' dad do her? Lawyers are hella slick. He can get an incentive-laden contract for big money. That's damn near impossible to attain. Uh, then we got one from Raider Richie. Lamar testing his deal is like... Lamar's, uh, Lamar's treating his deal like it's a car deal at CarMax. I like that. Juicy Almighty, 89. Juice Almighty, 89. He must have been a, a fraternity brother, huh? Uh, said family and business don't mix. Got another text that said Richard Sherman lost some mills by negotiating with the 49ers. Uh, I agree with all that. And it's funny, I went into the hallway during the commercial break, and I asked a couple of the young ladies in the in the hallway, and I said, hey, when a family member dies, what's the number one What's the number one thing everyone argues about after that? And they both said, money, property, assets. And I said, bada boom, bada bing, bingo. Let's go out to the phone lines quickly and talk to our guy, Raider Mac. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, too, man. I, I love you guys' show. Y'all, y'all, y'all hilarious, man. <laughs> hey, uh, I just want to say, man, and I appreciate you guys coming on, man, you know, every day giving us facts about the, about the Raiders and stuff. Man, I've been a Raiders fan for over – 40-some years and stuff. Hey, um, the one thing I'm looking at, we always miss, we never draft a linebacker, Q. Mm -hmm. We need to draft, draft, um, get a a young linebacker. We're missing that on our defense. And another thing, and I'll I'll let you go on this one. Hey, you know what? You guys are all wrong about Lamar's mother. Hey, I did some, some, she has done some major negotiations and I understand what you're saying but every family is not like that you can't pigeonhole everybody in the same category this mother knows what she's doing believe me if she didn't it would have been it would have came out already on that first contract okay good stuff hey good stuff thank you for the call I appreciate you and I don't I don't disagree with that like I said I had no problem with her negotiating the first one and honestly she's not from my understanding not even negotiating this one it's more him that's more what I'm talking about is more him, um, you know, and, and look, she could do a great job, but man, you got to be really, really careful. And when the Ravens are saying that 
that he's not serious about even getting a deal done, that, that tells me a lot right there. You know, you got to get to the table, man. I'm not saying that just because the bell rings, you got to go run into class because we all know I never did. But, man, at some point when the bell rings, you need to go to class. You know what I mean? Like, you just got to go and make that happen. But, I, hey, I understand what you're saying, man. I, I do. I, I do appreciate that. Uh, one quick text from Sir Whiskey Ray Q. We absolutely think DeMond's shirt today is hideous. What's he thinking? We disapprove on today's selection. Sincerely, the guy who wears uh, scarves with denim shorts, high water pants guy, and biker shorts gang, Sir Whiskey Ray. You don't wear all that, but you sure do wear those. Uh, what would you have those days? Those uh, the overalls that were about as tight as a uh, as some spandex. That looked like you were in a wrestling outfit. That looked like you were about to go to the wrestling scene. All I hear is hateration. <laughs> so it's not denying it. It's just hating. Yeah. Yeah, I was wearing some overalls. No, no, no. They were they were tight, dog. I ain't never seen nobody wearing no overalls that were like skinny jeans combined. Have I put on a few? Maybe. No, dog. I wasn't putting on a few. I understand something being a little tight. Every once in a while, I put on my pants. I'll be like, oh, man. Waistline's getting a little bigger than it was supposed to be. That wasn't that, man. That was like real deal, young kid, tight, skinny jeans, but yet sagging at the same time. That was just, that was almost uncomfortable. That was almost one of those. That was almost a work violation. That's how tight those pants were, or those that outfit was. <laughs> HR, Danielle and HR almost came down here and was like, hey, DeMond, you got to go home and change. You know, when you wear something inappropriate to work, that almost became that kind of moment that they were so tight. I ain't got nothing to say about that, man, because all I'm hearing is, I'm a hater, I'm a hater, I'm a womp, 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 womp. <laughs> Three, couldn't, couldn't handle the swag. That's what I'm hearing. Three, tw- I see you ain't worn it since. Tomorrow, just wait. <laughs> 320, okay, bet. Bet that. Bet that. I want to see that. I guarantee you, if he wore that, he couldn't do one push-up, let alone 50. You try to do a push-up, man, those things are all are busting up. Speaking of push-ups, give me five during the break. I'll give you five right now. You go on and throw it to break. All right, this is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Joining us now on the phone lines to talk a little bit of offensive line and defensive line is our guy Matt Holder from silverandblackpride.com at mholder95 on Twitter. And thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. It's always fun talking draft and catching up with you. And I know you're not an indie, but the combine's going on. Your film breakdown is great. I I actually was intrigued by seeing the film breakdown of a big nose tackle from Georgia, Jordan Mm -hmm. Davis. He's a guy that I've seen mocked to the Raiders in multiple mock drafts. Uh, How big of a factor could he be? be and an anchor could he be in this Patrick Graham-led defensive line? Well, first of all, Q, man, thanks for having me on again. Like you said, there's always, always a good time uh, chatting with you. But I mean, as far as Jordan Davis goes, you know, I kind of, uh, I feel like Jordan Davis's role could kind of be to to be- go back to Patrick Graham's last stop, kind of like a Dexter Lawrence type of role, uh, a little bit more of that, that zero to two eye technique that can uh, kind of plug it up and eat up two gaps at once um, against the run. And I mean, I do think he has some upside as a, as a pass rusher. I feel like the the best way I can describe Jordan Davis as a pass rusher is when he has gas in the tank, he's a hard man to stop. I mean, at 340, 360 pounds or whatever he is, you're not going to be able to – you're not going to find too many offensive linemen that are at least willing to stay in front of that guy or can be able to stay in front of him. The problem is he has the fuel economy of about an old-school Hummer, so <laughs> it, it kind of uh, dies out pretty quickly over there. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, he's definitely a guy that I, – I mean, I, another guy that I'd be really happy with the Raiders taking at 22 – um, a guy that would definitely fill a need and, like you said, kind of be that 
that space heater in the middle for uh, Patrick Graham. Do you think, because I've seen a lot of people kind of hot and cold on Jordan Davis, do you think that uh, he was really made uh, to be a bigger deal, not obviously because of his size, but because of so much talent that Georgia had around him, and maybe if he doesn't have that much quality talent around him, he's not as effective? I mean, I think uh, I think I can kind of see where that's coming from. You know, obviously, um, he's not going to draw as many double teams as frequently as uh, as some other guys in the, like a like a Travis Jones at UConn or whatnot, because um, he's playing with two other guys that are also first rounders and uh, Travon Walker and uh, Devontae Wyatt out there. But I can tell you what, man, when that guy takes on double teams and he gets two two blockers on him too, he's almost just as impressive, or if not even. More. So if he can he can take on uh, double teams and still kind of hold his ground and do all that kind of stuff. Excuse me there. Um, definitely de- definitely helped him out as a pass rusher a little bit, uh, even though he doesn't have the the big pass rush stats to to uh, jump off the page either. So uh, I think there's some credence to that. But I mean, again, you know, even when two guys were blocking him against the run, he's still doing his thing, holding up and uh, making tackles. So hard to say that that's too much of a fight. Right, and we know. I mean, Georgia's got so much talent. There's so many guys on that defense that are in this draft, and I mean, we see it every year with Alabama as well. But you mentioned uh, his running buddy Devontae Wyatt, the uh, defensive tackle there from Georgia. Uh, what are your thoughts on him, and and could there possibly be maybe even a higher higher ceiling for Wyatt uh, as opposed to Davis? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there can be. I mean, Devontae Wyatt, he's probably one of the most athletic, like 305, 310 pound dudes I've ever seen. Um, there's a clip I posted earlier where he runs like almost crosses the center and uh, runs a, a, the tightest hoop I think I've ever seen from a guy that's, again, 300 plus pounds. So his athleticism is certainly up there. He needs to add a little bit more strength, you know, kind of what I was talking about with Jordan Davis, why it's weakness right now. Um, he really kind of struggles to hold up against on a point of attack there. But again, that's really fixable. That's something that he can just get in the weight room and, and, and work on. Um, I think the traits are definitely there. I think he definitely has a high ceiling. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, you know, for Dave Ziegler, it comes down to uh, down to the, those two teammates um, with number pick number 22 and just kind of which one does he really want? Does he want the guy with the uh, more athleticism and has room to grow as a, as a run defender but can be a plus and a pass rusher right way or the opposite, the guy that's kind of going to be that center block in the middle um, and stop the run and then maybe can develop a, as a pass rusher or anything you get from him in uh, the pass rush department's bonus. So uh, we'll see what happens. They could accuse both, which is uh, – unfortunate circumstance to be in but you know it's kind of the reality situation with the Raiders this year right no no doubt about it I'm going to kind of put you on the yeah. spot since you kind of mentioned that um you know who do you think would have the bigger impact on the Raiders as far as that defensive line goes do you think it would be Davis kind of helping take up space and maybe freeing up Ngakwe and Max Crosby a little bit more or do you think it'd be a guy like Wyatt who who can get at the pass rusher probably a little bit more than you're going to see from Jordan Davis uh, I probably lean towards uh, Davis just as a little bit of a better fit, quote unquote, if you will, um, just because of exactly what you said. But one of the things that one of the biggest problems with uh, a guy like Yannick Ngakwe is his run defense has kind of always been his uh, his Achilles heel since he entered the league and was big time this year. So if you put a guy like Jordan Davis uh, on the same side as him, you know, maybe you're banking on the fact that Jordan Davis is able to cut the field in half and, and Yannick getting getting washed down or doing whatever he is against the run doesn't end up mattering. So from that standpoint, I definitely can see uh, where Jordan Davis would be a little bit better, a little bit better or fit in the puzzle a little bit better. But again, you know, Devontae Wyatt, it's not like he's a he's a bad run defender or anything. Um, a little bit more upside from the athletic standpoint. So uh, again, you know, both guys me right now, you know, gun to my head and uh, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I'm going to hesitate a little bit to, as far as who you're, who you're going with. They're really close for, for me right now. 
There you go. Well, hey, I, I like both guys. I think I'm leaning Jordan Davis a little bit more, but uh, again, that's just that's just me. And there's a lot of time between now and April to decide who who the Raiders need. Of course, they'll find out in free agency as well what they can address there and and, and who they may be targeting in round one. Again, we're talking right now with Matt Holder from SilverAndBlackPride.com. You can find him on Twitter at mholder95 and here with us on Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, I want to flip over to the offensive uh, offensive line and offensive side of the ball and uh, talk to you about a couple guys who could be potential first-round picks, maybe even second-round picks. But uh, the Raiders obviously have a hole at that right tackle position. They went and got Alex Leatherwood last season, kicked him in the guard, and I think that's the best place for him. Just keep him at guard and let him do his thing, try to develop and get a right tackle of the future, either in free agency or the draft. But there's a couple guys in the draft I wanted to ask you about. And one I'm really intrigued by is uh, Daniel Falele, uh, the massive young man from Minnesota. This dude's 6'9", 380. I mean, I like him a lot. He, he to me, is who Trent Brown could have been and should have been but clearly wasn't what are your thoughts on Falele? I mean you kind of nailed it right there you know he kind of is that Trent Brown clone another guy similar to Jordan Davis where I mean six foot nine guys that are what do we, I don't even know what he weighs in right now 370 380 pounds or whatever he is those guys don't come around very often I mean he's his feet aren't bad either um, you know in pass protection I do worry uh, about him a little bit he was a guy that uh, the senior boy you could almost guarantee if a, if a pass rusher tried the inside counter he was going to lose um, that kind of deal of getting his feet stuck in the mud a little bit, where I think probably his size and his lack of experience with the game uh, um, definitely comes in. Because for those of the people that don't know, he was uh, born in Australia, lived in Australia, ended up coming over to the States and playing football, I believe, the first time his senior year in high school. Um, and then ended up, obviously, with his size and speed and size and athleticism combination going to going to Minnesota. But yeah, definitely a guy that, you know, as far as a, as your of your right tackles, uh, an impressive run blocker like Davis, um, you know, unreal size and unreal strength can can literally pick uh, other human being, other large human beings up and move them and put them where he wants to be. It's just a matter of uh, if his feet are going to be good enough in pass protection. And you know, this week with the combine, he's another guy that you know, I think a lot of Raider fans and myself included want to keep an eye on to see how his testing numbers is and how he compares to the rest of the class. If he has good numbers, has uh, some good testing then uh, definitely tells you a lot and tells you where his feet are at and where he can compare to the, some of these other tackles. I feel like he's a guy that is probably a, a day two guy, but with a really good showing at yeah. the combine and maybe his pro day could elevate himself to the back end of that first round. Am I kind of on the right track as far as you're concerned or no? Yeah, I don't I, The first round might be a little rich, uh, even okay. if he does test well. But then again, you know, I, again, we keep talking, I keep coming back to it. Guys that big just don't come around very often see a team you know maybe falling in love with his size especially if he does end up having the good numbers just kind of betting on him as a project i'd say just based on his film i think he were probably more right on the on the day two pick i think he'd probably be probably in the raiders range with that back of the end day two maybe early day three or oh, okay. sorry, sorry not day uh sorry uh round two uh round three not day three there but uh gotcha yeah i think that's kind of the sweet spot for him that mid mid second round to early third so you know, that would be okay with me. You know, if you can get a guy yeah. that big and that massive in, in on day two, you know, end of round two or early round three, I think that that would be – that'd be worth the risk. You know what I mean? I think that that would be – that'd be a really good pick. How about this guy? He intrigues me as well. How about Tyler Smith, the offensive tackle out of Tulsa? Uh, what do you like from what do you like from what you see from him on film? Uh, do you think he could fill that void that the Raiders have at right tackle? 
Yeah, he'd be kind of an interesting guy because I believe he played primarily at the left spot, yeah. um, which isn't too much of a transition, but can be for certain guys. Um, obviously, you want to see if uh, see at an event like the Combine, at an event like Pro, Day, Pro Days, how he does with his other foot forward and uh, his other hand on the ground and all that good stuff. But I tell you, man, he's, he's a nasty guy. He's a pretty mean dude. Definitely fit in with the Raiders culture, um, as we know, as, uh, with their offensive linemen. But I feel like that's the biggest takeaway from him is just – He's a physical guy that can be a plus blocker in the run. I, uh, I guess it's a run, and uh, I believe when he went up against MyJ Sanders, who's another uh, you know draftable prospect, another highly touted prospect, he shut him down pretty well and actually had a pretty good game against him. So, all right, there you go. We're talking right now with Matt Holder from SilverAndBlackPride.com, talking a little offensive line and defensive line, and just got a couple more offensive linemen I wanted to ask you about. Uh, one guy that I've been hearing a lot, everyone's saying he's either a Baltimore Raven or he's a Las Vegas Raider. That's Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. Uh, what are your thoughts on him, and could you see him suiting up in the silver and black? I mean, yeah, it's kind of the same thing where we were just talking about with Tyler Smith, you know, a guy that seems like almost he was best to be destined to be a Raider. Mm-hmm. Um, physical, nasty, mean. He's going to put guys in the dirt. You know, almost almost too much at some points. He, uh, I think he did lead the FCS out in penalties this year, which obviously with the Raiders' history is uh, not just something that will make him fit in kind of, kind of right away. <laughs> right. Um, another guy, you know, I, I want to see how he does in the testing, uh, see how his feet are. Uh, I think last time I was on here, we were talking about him a little bit. You know, his his footwork, his uh, foot speed does worry me a little bit. Um, but again, you know, if he comes up and puts puts up some impressive testing numbers, then I'll feel a little bit better about that uh, about him in that area. And you know, another guy that you feel better about going into the into the draft if he can uh, show that show you that he can move a little bit. Right, absolutely. And final guy that I wanted to ask you about, I actually saw Daniel Jeremiah mock him to the Raiders. I asked Daniel Jeremiah about him, and he kind of was – he said he was being hard on him, and he thought he was going to actually go a little bit earlier than he had him mocked, and that's Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. Uh, I've talked to a few people that that like him and a few people that are just kind of like, ah, he's okay. Uh, What are you thinking from uh, Charles Cross, and do you like what you see from him? Yeah, so he's kind of an interesting prospect for me because um, I remember when I saw DJ's mock, too, where he added to the Raiders, and I was pretty surprised for him because that seemed to be kind of the the first one where I'd see the cross being fall that far. So I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to cross. I know he's kind of a in that category of a little bit better of a pass blocker, a little bit better athlete than he is a, as a run blocker. So uh, I was a little surprised to see uh, DJ be mocking uh, him to the Raiders. I feel like he won't be there, but again, you know, this tackle class – Kind of uh, goes in the line with a lot of the other people up to a lot of the other position groups. Not a whole lot of t- uh, top-end talent, so you get a little bit more um, ambiguity at the top. You know, some people have Charles Cross as their offensive tackle number one. I've seen him mocked to the Jaguars at number one, and other people have Vicky Kwan or Evan Neal. So this is an interest- interesting class, and Charles class or Charles Cross, excuse me, uh, definitely falls into that category of kind of the guys where a lot of people Right. Well, I mean, from my understanding is it's pretty deep in the offensive line as far as depth goes, you know, uh, in in this class. So that's a good thing. It means that they don't have to reach and go get a guy immediately because they feel like, well, there's not going to be any more left. So uh, I'm telling you, man, I think I'm putting my money down on Falele uh, later on in the the draft. I think that's the guy that I'm going to go ahead and, and, uh, you know, Count my, count my, count, put my money on him, but we'll see what happens. Before I let you go, I did want to ask you, uh, and I know it's early, it's still, I mean, mid-combine, really activities haven't even really got cooking yet, but if you had a pick, man, at number 22, what, where do you think the Raiders should go? You might not even have to give me a player's name, but what position do you think they should go at 22? 
Well, I think one of the positions that's kind of uh, getting swept on the rug a little bit, I know some people have talked about, is I think cornerback is definitely going to be on the on the table. I think it's another, um, you know, kind of like a lot of positions in this class. You talk about offensive tackle and talk about even wide receiver you can put in this category too. Again, not a hunk, ton of top-end talent, um, but definitely one of the deeper positions in this class. And I think, uh, you know, there are some guys that, that are long and can run, and I think you'll you'll see uh, the Raiders maybe even nab one of them in the first round, um, especially with their cornerback situation where it looks like probably Casey Hayward's on his way out, um, and then Trayvon Mullen's going to be in a contract here. So I think that's kind of my, my sleeper position. Uh, this guy that I actually just got done watching that I would be really happy with is going to be, uh, I believe, I'm hoping I'm saying his name right, but I believe it's Kyir Elam out of uh, Florida. Oh, Florida, yep. Yeah, it's about 6'2", long arms, great ball skills. Um, can run a little bit too. So definitely a guy that I'd be looking for at 22 is kind of a guy that we haven't talked about. But then uh, I, I, I've i got to think defensive tackle just on pure volume alone too. I mean, after signing Andrew Billings, they literally have two on the roster now. So that's kind of kind of would be my second guess. I, I, I get the feeling it will come down to like a, a cornerback or a defensive tackle or my, my gut reactions right now position-wise. Nice. I like it. I like it. The D tackle or the cornerback. And cornerback is a position I've been eyeing as well. think that the Raiders definitely need to address that uh, multiple different ways in free agency and in the draft. But, uh, hey, there's a lot of time to talk about it. Next time we have you on, we'll talk some cornerbacks and we'll talk some wide receivers. That'll be following the combine. But uh, fantastic stuff, man, talking about the trenches. I definitely appreciate you. You got anything coming? Coming out that people should be on the lookout for any more dro- videos you're dropping any more podcasts you got going on well again man thanks for uh thanks for uh, having me on um as far as anything going up uh you know i've got my scouting reports going up on silver and black friday like you mentioned uh does some free agency stuff this week too and then i uh, had a few prospect interviews in the, in the last few uh weeks here so go check those out too on our uh, podcast channel silver and black friday there you go, silverandblackpride.com. Also, uh, Matt Holder is on Twitter at mholder95. You can check him out. He's got some really good videos up there. As I mentioned, Jordan Davis has a nice little breakdown of some plays and, and shows him uh, shedding some blocks and shedding them pretty <laughs> easily. Uh, some good stuff, Matt. I definitely appreciate you. Thanks for your time, and I look forward to talking to you soon. All right. Thanks, for, thanks again, Q. There he goes, Matt Holder right there, silverandblackpride.com with us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll come back, close out the show. Your calls and text 702-365-9200 and the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword r It's always wide open like some old school TV antennas. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Devon played that Bruce Buffer because he's ready to fight. He ain't ready to fight with me. He don't want to fight with me. I'm not the one. Raider Richie then started it up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 keyword R&R. And Raider Richie, I do appreciate the, the text. Raider Richie's texting in from Arizona. Hey Q. Heard that DeMond just got a call to be a model for Baby Gap. <laughs> Love what you guys do, Raider Richie. DeMond for Baby Gap. Get, get your heez in. I'm not laughing. I was just reading it. No, you you laughing. You definitely laughing. No, I was definitely just reading. No, you definitely laughing. That's okay. I, I was just reading. I want to make sure that if we throw out the number for the Salmon Ash text line, we at least read them. Yeah, exactly. And I appreciate you texting in, Raider Richie. <laughs> I wish you looked this good. Don't even need to see you. Unbelievable. Juice Almighty 89. 
He said, no fraternity, my man. I thought by the the, the his name. You know, remember uh, what movie was that? It was Big Brother Almighty? School Days. Yeah, <laughs> School Days. There you go. Not a movie guy. But uh, that's all I could think of whenever that's I say Juice Almighty. Yeah, it is. It is. Think about now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Juice Almighty 89. He said, no fraternity, my man. I got my own recording studio. They call me Juice. TY stands for Tainted Youth. That's the label. Independent for sure, but it's up and coming. Check the SoundCloud if y'all get bored enough. SoundCloud.com slash Juice Almighty TY89. Appreciate y'all. Always look forward to the show. Yeah, I'll give it a listen, man. Good stuff. I ain't mad at you, man. Independence the way to go. Independence the way to go. And, and, and if you can come up, come up and do what you got to do. And once you're able to get that big deal, go get that big deal. And so when, when you were on music station, would it be like when people just come up with their CDs, just come knock on yeah. the door at the station, mm-hmm. like give it a spin? All the time. All the time. Dog, when I was in the club, people would come. I would leave the club literally with a pocket full of CDs every night, every single night. Because I was a music director, too, so they knew, like, come on, Q. And then it was, it was so funny because they'd send me drinks or, so, you know, whatever, whoever the crew was, they'd send, they'd send the, the, the crew drinks over. Yeah, man, I mean, that's what it was, man. It's a, it's a hustle. It's a hustle. You got you to find a way to get attention. You got to find a way to get attention and get noticed and whatever. But I respect that, man. I respect the grind. The grind is what is what. Matter of fact, that's how I met my boy Bailey. Bailey was a rapper from the Bay. Uh, and he's got a song that's funny. One of his songs uh, was the, kind of the Dave Chappelle skit where he said, blank your couch. He's like, blank your couch. Oh, yes, of yeah. course. Anyway, he had a song called that. And it was actually a really good song, but he was coming up and he was driving the radio station to radio station. He drove up from the Bay and drove like all the 99 and went to all the radio stations, looked up all the addresses to the hip hop stations and stopped at every one of them to give them music. Most of them were clear channel stations, so they wouldn't open the door because they're very corporate. Well, we weren't clear channel. And there was a dude, there was a bro at the door with about three other bros. He's like, hey, I got some music for you guys. So, all right, come on in. I just opened the door and let him come in. I figured, and probably thinking back, it probably wasn't the best idea, but whatever. <laughs> it was cool. That's literally how I met Bailey and Jay Valentine. And Jay Valentine ended up coming out with She Worth the Trouble, which was a smash. If that dude, I don't know, man. Jay, if he really wanted to be a great artist, he could have easily been Neo. He could have been on Neo's level. Jay Valentine was the dude. So I always reference that song, She Worth the Trouble. But then, uh, and then Bailey later on, remember when T-Pain did I'm Sprung? Oh, yeah. Well, he did Go Dumb. And so that was, a, it was during the hyphy movement. So it was Go Dumb, Dog, I'm hyphy. Did it fit, though? Oh, it fit. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not an artist. No, no, but I- <laughs> I'm thinking about I'm saying I'm saying yeah, go no, dumb it did, in my head like no, the same it like it, melody. No, it, it was it was dope. It oh, was okay. dope. It was great. It was great. But yeah, that's how I met those guys is just because they just came to the spot and they were like, "Hey man, I got your music. Can you can you listen to it?" I was like, "Yeah, that's cool." And then they said, "Hey, we're going to go perform at this club." Or no, "Can you get us in this club and can you get us to perform?" So I said, "I can talk to the Ooh, owner." You were asking for too much. No, no. That's what you're supposed to do though. They were like, "Hey, we're trying to get noticed." You know, can you put us on stage? And so I said, I'll ask the guy when I get to the club, come meet, you know, meet me at the club. So I got to the door and I was like, hey, man, these are my guys, Bailey and so-and-so, and they're going to come in the club tonight. Like, all right, cool. And I said, hey, man, they can put on a, a quick, you know, do two, three songs real quick. All right, bet. Let's do it. They like, did I know it. you probably never watched the show Atlanta, but it's just like the whole thing is like the cousin. He's like, yo, let me be the, to the rapper. He's like, cuz, let me be your manager. I got you. <laughs> so the whole first episode is him trying to get his cousin's song right. some radio play. Right. And he's going through like yeah. twists and turns and like they're making it funny and all. Yeah. Well, it's just like, it's like, man, how hard is it to get a song on the radio? No, but you remember uh, Hustle and Flow. Was it Hustle and Flow? Yeah, Hard Out Hip Hop Pimp. Yeah, yeah. That, man, that's a great one. But that's, you know how, how hard they were working to all the ends that they were working? That's real. That is real. 
I mean, I'll tell you right now, there's been times where record reps, I had, and actually she lives here in Las Vegas now, so I'm not going to put her name out on the streets, but I had a young lady who was an artist when I was working in Monterey. She was a really good artist, really good artist, but, you know, she was on the come up. She literally called me at think like one in the morning, and when I answered the phone, she's she's in the studio. I can hear her in the studio performing. She's like singing in the studio. I think Baby Bash was in studio with her. I mean, there was literally I could hear everyone that was in studio, and I kept saying like, "Hey, hey, what's up? You know, what are you doing?" And there's nothing. It's just they wanted to hear. They wanted me to hear them performing as a way to try to get their music on. And then when I called the next day, it was like, oh, no, we didn't call. No, you absolutely did. I was on, I was on the phone for like 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, it was no doubt about it. And she might have called me back and asked me to go out. Like, go out, go out. But it was All just. All right, close the show. No, serious. But it was, uh, it was, uh, it, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. That wasn't the business. <laughs> Trust me, that was bad business. But that's how it was, man. It's, it's, a, it's a hustle. It is a hustle. I respect anyone's grind that's trying to get their music on the radio, man, because that is the hardest, one of the hardest things ever. Especially when you're in a field where the person that is making that decision doesn't really know the music that well, it's even harder. Like me, I was, you know, I was the hip hop dude, so it's cool. I actually can hear it and be like, hey, this is cool. I could take it to my boss and be like, hey, this is why we should be playing it. But other cats would be like, I mean, I don't know. Didn't have T Pain on it. Lil Wayne's not on it. This person's not on it. Uh, he's independent. Not all that. That was a great uh, hip-hop one-on-one to end the show. Vinny Bonsignor's live in Indy. He's got his record reps. He's got his record-producing stories, and he'll tell you the next. All right, it's Radio 920. I'll holler.